She's like, how did you know what my yard looked like when I was a kid? Like I could see the whole yard. I described it to her. I could see the yard and I knew she played with Barbie dolls. I knew where things were. So that was like huge confirmation. Um, another time, someone, uh, one of my clients, they, um, his mom had passed and his mom had said, look through the papers in the kitchen. There's a basket. So I'm like, is there a basket in the house? She showed me a basket and she showed me papers in the basket. And then sometimes I have to put it together. I was like, oh, I think she wants you to look through those papers. You probably look through them. And she's like, yes. So um, he ends up looking through the papers and finding an insurance policy that he didn't know about. <laughs> so... That was awesome. I, I get them. Every time I do a mediumship reading, I get them. Welcome to What the Fuck Just Happened. I'm your host, Liz Enton. If you listen to the intro, you know my story. If not, here's a brief summary. I'm a science skeptic, and when my dad died, I took a shot in the dark and decided to investigate if there was any possible evidence of an afterlife. I assumed that was as realistic as Santa Claus, but I was desperate. However, I was so blown away by what I discovered that I wrote a book and launched this podcast. In this podcast, I will be talking to some fairly normal people about some really weird shit. I speak with everyone from psychic mediums and afterlife researchers to ordinary people who've had some inexplicable experiences. So come, listen, there's no need to draw any final conclusions. Keep an open mind and wonder, what the fuck just happened? Hi, I'm so excited today. I have psychic medium William Patrick on, and also he's not just a psychic medium. He has a bunch of fascinating abilities, and he can tell you about them and introduce himself. Yes, again, my name is William Patrick. I am a psychic medium, but I also have do other things like I do tarot and I do energy healings. And I have uh, what I call advanced readings as well, like past life readings and uh, Akashic Records, spirit guide readings where I'll, if you have a, a question on a specific subject you want to find out, I'll channel a specific spirit guide that can is an expert on that subject. And I do multiple other things as well, like coaching and, and programs to help you develop uh, your spiritual abilities if you ever wanted to look into those. How did you first learn that you had these, you know, I don't want to say abnormal, but non-material, non-typical abilities? I really didn't uh, realize it completely until my mom died in 2013. But many other things, in hindsight, looking back, uh, I'm like, oh, wow, well, that makes sense. Like, looking back when I was younger, I had a, a few different experiences as well. And I could start with that, like when I was probably about four years old, about that. There was a, I always thought it was the Mother Mary, but it was a, it was a, a being at my door, my bedroom door. I was in bed awake and a being appeared at my bedroom door, but it was pure golden light. And it was some type, it was a, it was a woman. So I always thought it was Mary, maybe the, the Mother Mary. So it's like the first thing I could, I can remember. 
And my parents were just like, oh, you saw a vision. But when I got a little bit older, a few years after that, I was an only child and I was alone a lot in the house. Like, and I used to play with uh, He-Man and Skeletor. I was big into that. That's what I can remember from the story. But I always had friends playing with me, but they weren't friends of that had matter like us. So... So they were spirits, what people would say are imaginary friends, Correct. but Correct. you feel they weren't, they were real beings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not knowing it then, I didn't know what they were. I just know I was communicating with them and having fun, you know? And I told my mom, and I can actually remember my mom being a little concerned about, I could hear from where I was playing later in the day, my dad and mom talking about it. And like, oh, yeah, that's just imaginary friends. But when I gave them that meaning, they they ended up disappearing. Like, I didn't see them anymore, you know, which was which I didn't really think about at the time until now. You mean once your parents said they're on imaginary friends or when you've told your parents they were imaginary friends, that's when they disappeared? Yeah, like I didn't know what they were. And my mom said they were imaginary friends and then they disappeared. Did they look like humans or were they interesting animals? They were humans. They were, were children, but they were like, they didn't have, they wouldn't look like us. They were like white. Like instead of a golden light, they were like a white light, those friends. Interesting. Yeah, because they say children lose our abilities around five and a lot of kids have imaginary friends until five. So. That's interesting. And you could see their face, face and their features and all of that too. So that was the very first thing. And then... What happened after that? Well, from there, as I got older, a few people passed away. Like I had a cousin pass away, grandparent, and uh, my grandparents. My cousin died really, really young. He was 17. I think he was 17. And the night before he passed, I dreamt about him. So, and then the night before my, uh, one of my grandparents passed, I dreamt about them as well. So I always thought that was something that looking back, I was like, oh, no, that's just a coincidence. Until I got older now, I'm like, oh, no, that was not a coincidence. Wait, you dreamt about them right before they passed? Yeah, the, night, right be after? the night before. I know some people say these dreams feel more real than oh, regular yeah. dreams. Did it feel different? Dreams like that, and I still have those today, they feel, and I'm sure many people have them, they feel it's the dreams that feel very, very real. They have a different feeling to them. It's kind of like an energetic feeling, so it's hard to describe in words, but you know the difference for sure. If it's not personal, what was the dream about your grandmother? And may I ask also, had she been sick or was it fairly unexpected that she passed? My grandmother was sick, but my cousin was completely un unexpected. Oh, and you dreamt about your cousin beforehand as well? Yes. The night before? Mm -hmm. The night before. The night before. What happened? What was, if you don't mind my asking, what was the dream? Well, it was, it was funny. My cousin died in a car accident and I was actually in a car with him in the dream. And we were just hanging out in, in the car driving. And I think there was someone else in the, there was someone else in the front. I was in the back and we were just hanging out. And when he, the night he passed, you know what? Actually, it was the same night because he, he died at night, so it was actually the same night, not the night before. It was the same night that he passed. I dreamt about him. And I was in the car, and he died in the car, in a car. So you dreamt about this maybe while he actually was in the car where the accident was. Yeah, it could have been for sure, yeah. Could have been around the same time, yeah. It was the same night. So. <laughs> Did you ever check if, like, the car looked the same or anything like that? No, the, I know the... I know whose car it was. The car was different, but 
still, you know. Still. Yeah. <laughs> that's still really, that's, I mean, I'm so sorry, first of all, that's not an easy experience. And I, I don't know if it gave you any, like, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like people could feel different ways about that. So it could either be considered a wonderful thing or traumatic. I mean, obviously the loss is traumatic, but yeah. that experience could either be on a scale many different things. So. Yeah, I feel like it just shows that to trust some of the certain dreams, to trust them. At the time, I was like, oh, I like later. Well, if, well everything was just so traumatically later because I was with his sister. I was in New Hampshire. Uh, with my parents and his sister was with us like and he was in providence rhode island so it was all traumatic everything was so traumatic after i didn't really even put have time to put two and two together but i remember saying looking back and saying oh that was that was that was just a coincidence at that time but i was like that was weird <laughs> that is weird and then yeah. that you had that happen again with your grandmother yeah what was the dream about your grandmother i honestly can't remember the specifics of what my grandmother can't remember but i remember dreaming about her and looking back i was like i, how, I was like how did that happen and what you said you continued to have experiences as you were growing up what were some of the other inexplicable experiences that made you start thinking you had these abilities yes during my first communion a the, the nun her name was sister margarita she would visit everyone in the neighborhood all the kids that were making their first communion so my mom like gave her coffee she had italian italian cookies and i was sitting there they were talking and my mom's talking to sister margarita and um i just knew i was like she's gonna spill that coffee and she, her hands weren't near or anything, but I just knew the coffee was going to spill. So, and the coffee spilled. So I remember that. <laughs> and um, so that could have been either, you know, I knew that was going to happen. And sometimes I think I talked to someone else about this specific thing and they were like, oh, maybe you made it spill. So that's possible too. Oh yeah, that could be. I mean, who knows, but they say PK, the mind's ability to affect matter. A lot of times people are doing it and they think there's you know a lot of parapsychologists will come out on for lack of a better word ghost hunts that sounds a little sensationalized but nevertheless that's what they'll do and they discover that it is they call you know a living agent the person's making all this move around with their own might as well affect matter and the people have no the person has no idea they're doing that so that happened and then i know you said you had some profound spiritual experiences as you were learning all yeah that. so from there not much happened until my mom passed but i was always like very empathic like i would feel people's energy all the time and like i didn't learn how to control that till like honestly like recently i would always like even going into a room maybe a few years ago like i would get like if, if people were feeling a certain way i'd feel it I'd, feel, I'd bring in their energy. So I feel like that's a part of my gift, even though there's two sides to that. You know, that could be good. It's good now, but at the, you know, at that time, it wasn't so good, you know. So definitely, I'm very empathic. But then my, when my mom died in 2013, a few months later, she gave me a, a sign to meditate. And I had just an urge to go look at this painting and... I didn't hear her voice, but I was like, I knew it was her. She was, and it came into, it just popped into my head. And she's like, go look at this painting. It's in my parents' house. So I go look at the painting. I'm just staring in front of this painting. I just had a, like an urge to do it. Like it was like, I can't really explain it. It was like, I'm standing in front of a painting. It just kind of sounds weird, right? So in the painting, 
there's a, a pine cone inside the painting. And I never noticed before. I mean, the painting was there for many, many years. And I never even like went that close to it, I guess. So I'm standing there. And I'm like, this is a sign for my mom. And I was like, pine cone. And I just knew. I was like, pine cone. I was like, well, what's up with the pine cone? So the symbol for the pineal gland is the pine cone, which is your third eye. Pineal gland. So I was like, oh, she wants me to meditate. And did you know that symbol then? Or did, were you Googling and trying to figure out why pine cone? Or you got it right away? I Googled it. <laughs> I Googled it. I remember Googling it. It could have been both, but I remember Googling it. Because I was familiar with the pineal gland. I knew what it was. But oh no, I, I knew what the pineal gland was, but I didn't know the pine cone was a symbol. So yeah, I, I must have just Googled it. <laughs> I didn't know that either. And that's also interesting that you knew to look at the pine cone and you were able to make that association. Yeah, it was so weird. I was like, what? I was just, why am I, I was almost like, why am I looking at this pine cone? <laughs> so, and I was like, oh, that's why. So I meditated. So what happened when you started meditating? So I would practice meditation. I was doing it like daily. I was meditating all the time. And I was working at, the, at that time, I was working on a uh, medical marijuana dispensary. And I there was mediums that used to go in there. So I came became very close with a, a certain medium. He would talk to me all the time about meditation. And mind you, at this time, I had no, I no like idea, no clue I would ever be doing this work, like being, being a medium, like no idea. I, I thought it was fascinating that he did it, but I was just doing, I was just meditating, you know? I shouldn't say just meditating because meditation is power. But he says to me, you know, you can go to different dimensions, right? And I was like, really? I was like, tell me about that. And he starts to tell me about it. He's like, listen, all you need to do is set the intention. So I just knew, like, it was more of a knowing. I was like, I can do that. I was like, I know I can do it. So I did it, like, maybe a couple weeks later. It was the 4th of July in 2014, I did it, or that week. It was that the week of the 4th uh, on a Saturday night. So I just knew I could do it. I put a blanket down on my floor and I set the intention. I was very serious about it. I set the intention that I'm going to travel to different dimensions. And I've been researching this like the whole week too. So I, that's what I did. I said, I uh, put the blanket down. I started to meditate laying down and I went into a deep, very deep meditation. And I thought I was going to like go the dimensions where I was going to go through walls and things like that. But I actually went up, came out of my body, went up. And before I tell the story, I just want, I know I, I mentioned medical marijuana that I work for. Uh, medical, marijuana, medical marijuana dispensary, but I was completely sober at, the, at during this whole experience, and um, even when I saw the pine cone as well. So, <laughs> just to let people know. But um, so I go up out of my body, and I am on the roof. And I think it took me a while to get to this point. Uh, I also had a high vibrational music on the high hertz music, I, and I believe that helped too. So I'm on the roof. Next thing you know. A rope comes down, I travel up, and I'm looking up over, I let go of the rope, and I'm looking over my neighborhood, and I'm like, oh my God. So I'm like, wow, I was like, that's pretty cool. I was like, I want to go higher. Like, I want to go higher. So um, I go up more, and I'm like, in orbit, or whatever orbit is, like, and then I go a little bit further out, and I can see Earth, like I'm outside of Earth. And then I see these little baby feet, like, it was, I don't know why. It was like, just baby feet, like, pushing me out, pushing me out. So I'm like, all right, I guess I gotta go further. So I go further, and I end up on the moon. 
So now I'm on the moon and I'm like, oh, I want, I was like, I want to go, I want to go further. <laughs> I want to, I want to keep going. So I'm on the moon and there's this trampoline there. So I go towards the trampoline, I bounce off the trampoline and I go higher and I end up like flying past, I keep going through space and I end up flying past space, past space into this blue void. There was nothing there, nothing there at all. And do you think, were you literally in another dimension or do you think it was as if you were actually going what actual very, very outer space end of our universe, maybe even going into the next universe if there's multiverse looks like, or do you think it was a different dimension of our universe? Oh, it was a different dimension or um, come to find out it's the that's the astral realm is what that's called. I didn't know what the astral was at the time, but it's the, it's the astral realm where I was. Can you explain that? Because I don't know if all of us know what that is. So the astral realm, the best way I can explain it is it's like a, it's a, like a different dimension. It's, it's a dimension where it's like this, a spiritual realm where there's no matter. There's many spirits that exist there, like even not in space, but there's also an astral like in the inner earth and things like that. And that's where like elves and fairies exist and things like that. Um, and then there's galactic beings in the astral when you go there or spirits in that realm. Spirit guides are all there and things like that. I guess if it's an astral realm, you can't do this, but I was think if you're actually going out of body you can go test things like go to mars and see if you can see a serial number on one of the robots there i guess if you're in another dimension you probably can't go get information that accurate or can you or no well there is also something called remote viewing where people have you can do that too it's very similar to so it's through your astral body you can do that as well can you explain remote viewing and can you explain the difference? It's very similar. It's like hard to put definitions on these things as well, but it's very similar. So using your astral body to travel, as far as remote viewing, to travel into, I don't know, we can travel into wherever you want to go, really. If I wanted to go into the next room, I could do that. I can use my astral body and see whatever's like written on paper there or whatever. There's a, the government has actually, and this is documented, the government has actually used people that can remote view to like as spies and things like that to like spy on, they have a, um, a document of that they, the American spies are spying on Russians way back. Um, I don't know what year it was, but there's, there's plenty of information on it. Yeah, that's the Stargate project. I think it was declassified in the 90s, I believe. And I think it was conducted in the 70s. I might be wrong. It might have been conducted in the 90s and recently declassified. I'll put this in the show notes, guys, so you can read a little about it. But yeah, they had some, I mean, what's so fascinating about that is they had very normal, I mean, quote unquote, our definition of normal CIA people doing these experiments. And what I think that's so interesting, they had this guy, Ingo Swan, who's a known remote viewer. And he went out into outer space and and he saw, I believe it was either Saturn or Jupiter, one that has rings. And we hadn't known at this point that there were rings around it. So he came back and said, there are rings around this planet. And everyone's like, okay, this was fantasy. You're just dreaming or making it up. And then they found out a lot of the information he described about our solar system was true. So I just, I think that when you get that verification, at least for me, that allows me to open my mind to experience or hear other people's experiences 
in a new way, not experience. I wish I could experience this stuff. I don't seem to have the ability to do it, but that must have just been transformative. Yeah, it was absolutely fascinating. But just to finish the story, I was like, so I'm in the void, right? And I'm looking around. I'm like, there's like nothing here. But it felt very peaceful, like empty, but like a peaceful empty. And I'm trying to like describe the feeling. It was like, just like, wow. And then all of a sudden, these three little spirit guides like come towards me. They're li- real little. They have hoods on, brown hoods. And they have like this energy of like cuteness. Like, they're really cute. So I'm like, oh, okay, hey. And like, come on, come on, come on. Like that, going like this. So I was like, uh, I was like, all right. So I follow them and they bring me to this land of flowers, right? Beautiful land of flowers. Like, if you can imagine heaven, the, like, that's what it would look like. It would look like heaven. So we're walking down this path in this land of flowers. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I just felt like very uplifted, extremely uplifted. And I was like, oh, my God. Then I was like, oh, my God, I feel a little negative. I had like a negative feeling like they said, don't worry. They said, that's just the reptilians. (laughs) I was like, okay. I was like, all right. They said, just shine your light. Just shine your light from your chest on, 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 on them, on that feeling. I didn't see, I didn't see anything like any reptilians or anything like that it just they just told me that's what it was so in the land of flowers we're shining our light oh into this land of flowers and then i all of a sudden i felt better immediately and then briefly i was brought into a room of a, a room of mushrooms for some reason and um i'm sitting in a chair and they someone gave me a mushroom i was like okay i took ate the mushroom <laughs> And then I'm back in the land of flowers. I was like, okay, I'm back in the land of flowers. And like continue to shine our light onto the land of flowers. Like it was like a golden light from the chest, from the heart center. We finished there. And then we went to back into space. Not into the blue void. We went back into space. So they're like, oh, you can fly. So I'm going to teach you how to fly. So I stopped flying, not knowing how to fly. I got a little bit out of control. And then I got really out of control. And they're like, don't go over there. And it was this part of space that I don't know. I don't know what it was. Maybe a black, I don't really know what a black hole is, but it was like kind of a hole because I went in into it and I'm just floating there. And there's clouds. I'm trying to move my way, like move the clouds. I couldn't see anything. I'm trying to move the clouds out of the way. I'm like, oh, I was like, I'm just floating. I hope someone maybe like there's no one else around. So they had to come down and get me. They swung down in a rope and grabbed me and brought me back up. And then I was back in space. So from there, I may have flown a little bit more from there. But after that, we they brought me over to these hoverboards, these golden hoverboards. And I was like, oh, what's this? So there's four of them, one for me and one for the three guides. So I get on the hoverboard and this part was just amazing because it was like, felt like a tour of the universe. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, this is wild. So this tour of the universe, we're on the um, hoverboards. I'm doing flips. I'm flying all around. It was just amazing. And I felt like nothing that I ever felt here on earth. I never felt anything like this, like nothing but pure, pure love, like that kind of feeling. And I've never felt it here on this planet. Pretty wild. And when we finished that, I was like, we gathered around like in a circle after we're done with the hoverboards. I was like, oh, can I see my mom? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. So I thought I was going to like see my mom, like a physical body, but it's huge. They're like, they sent me out into space 
and this huge rock, like huge, like maybe the size of a meteoroid. I don't know, but it was huge. Comes toward me. It's like um yellowish color, but not yellow, yellow, like a tan yellow, yellow kind of. It comes towards me and I just felt like even more of that feeling of nothing but absolutely pure love. From there, I was like, I was like, why can't I, I was like, why can't I see her? Like, why can't, they're like, this is the vibration of, they didn't say vibration, but they just said, you're actually at a higher level than her right now. It's like, oh, well, that's interesting. From there, I, I came back. It took me like a, a whole, a whole week. Oh, well, let me tell you one more part. From there, I was, uh, once they said that, I must have thought, like, I want to see, like, my mom, ma like, her, like, how I know her. But I was brought down, so that must have been a higher vibration, but I was brought down into a restaurant, like, and I, it was the weirdest thing. And I just heard, you're not, at, oh, I heard my mom's voice. She's like, you're not at a higher vibration than me. <laughs> so somehow I was brought down into, like, a lower vibration to communicate to her. And uh, then I was like, whoa, I actually like, that's when I like wanted to come back because it was, that was like, I just want to come back. So I, I came back and uh, I, I was like, so now I'm in 3D reality on earth. I'm like, I can't like, I can't even believe that just happened. Like, I can't even believe, I can't even believe it, which I, but I did. And it was a, it was a weird rest of the week because the whole rest of the week, it was hard to do some physical tasks, like brushing my teeth. It was just weird, like brushing my teeth and traffic would really like, I was like, I'd be like, I can't believe I'm stuck in this traffic. Like, because there where I was, you can just go right through anything. Like, you don't, there's no matter. So you just go right through it, you know? So it was. It took like a week to uh, adjust. Now I teach this too. I teach astral travel, but you know we start very very slow. I kind of went right into it, and coming to find out, I've done this over over many many lifetimes. So I've done this type of work. So that's why I can do it really easily. But the way I start my my students is I start them very very slow, so they won't have they won't have that type of experience. I'm so jealous of that experience. That sounds incredible. It really and is. so when you teach this, uh, can any, do most of them seem able to master doing it? Even if not to your level, can, or the level you just shared, are most people able to do this or is it a rare thing? I, I believe everyone can do it, but I feel like you should be at a certain, like a certain stage of your spirituality to, to do it. I have, I won't just take anyone for that particular course. I'll, um, interview them and see, just make sure it's like safe for that person to do it. And because there's a lower astral as well, a lower astral plane, which I completely passed the first time, but the people that have done that course are psychics. So they kind of have a, those are the ones that I, I picked or the ones that actually signed up for it. There's your everyday person would probably be a little bit scared of that. I feel, or they wouldn't resonate. But if you're like a psychic or if you're um, very spiritual or you know how to meditate and things like that, uh, I feel that maybe that class may be for you. But I only take, you know, and it, it's, it's a lot. So I only take like maybe one or two people at a time when I do do it. Oh, okay. I'm picturing like a class of like 20 people. So yeah, it, it's one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It sounds like it's a, could be a very emotional, intense. Yeah. And when you say there's a lower astral realm, what does that mean? Is it lower vibration than us here? And what does this even mean overall? So the lower astral realm, there's some beings that are not 
as friendly. Those are the beings that attack, like the um, attachments that people get or the entities that attach to people that I remove in healings. There's all kinds of stuff. Like there's this octopuses that stick to people, these spiders, and there's all kinds of lower vibrational beings that uh, feed off our energy. So that does exist as well. So there's not, it's not all love and light. <laughs> I'm not surprised because it's not all love and light here. Right, exactly. Right. There's a lot of darkness here and a lot of what I would say are not such good people and a lot of just some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet. And I guess most of us are pretty much in between. You know, we try to do good. We have our bad days. We have our insecurities, mm -hmm. you know. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> How does the astral planes tie in with us here? both the lower and the higher i'm not sure i never really thought of it like that but that's a good point well there's duality in existence right so and like more duality on earth i believe this is my belief than anywhere else so we're mastering duality so it only would make sense that it would be in that realm that's not 3d and just a dimension right outside of us for lack of a better term that there would be negative and positive. But the closer you the closer you get to God, that kind of sorry, I mean to interrupt, but the closer closer you get to God, that kind of falls away. Right? Because I feel like I was going at I and I know I was going at like a higher vibration. They couldn't even like get to that point. But that's the way I understand it. What do you define as God? I believe God is like all that is. Everything is God. So even the negative. So everything was created by God. It's, we have, we're our soul. What's inside of us is also an aspect of God. God is so big that they're a human, humans like us, we can't even put a definition on it because it's so big. But that would be my best definition I can give. And you think it's a consciousness that created us and that we're a part of us? I feel like I don't know. Uh, the exact answer to that, but I feel like it it's some type of consciousness or some type of something that that created everything it or or it was always here. We can't define it like it was always here. It never began and never ended. it was just it just is. It's just existence. Yeah, like we can't really wrap our heads as humans around the concept of eternity, whether right. physical eternity going out, you know into space eternally or time eternal. I mean, just eternality. Is that a word? Eternality is a word. That's right. I know what you meant. <laughs> you've just had some remarkable experiences. I want to ask you now, you've said you do a type of healing for mm -hmm. people who have beings or experiences from the lower astral realms. What does this even mean? And what, how, how does someone even know if they need a healing? If you're feeling off or if you're feeling that, there's multiple reasons you may need a healing. Some people will send you what I call the evil eye. And then like you have that kind of, you don't know protection. So that gets on you and you're feeling really negative and you just don't, you don't feel right. Something's off. Something is, you're walking around in your daily life more in the lower vibrations, maybe having uh, anxiety or, or stress or whatever it is, depression, you know, negative experiences, but you can't, get your finger on it you might need you may need a healing uh, what i do is i you know put some information on my 
on my um, my social media about it, and people will just come to me feeling that they need it. But that could be from an evil eye. I mean, most people come to me for healings because of evil eyes. But once you, I get in to doing the healing, you know, I'll do a, a, a clear. Well, first of all, also we're clearing the chakras as well. So the way I start that that whole the, my healing process is, I'll start with a, a grounding, and then like an emptying out of all dark energy that doesn't belong. Inspired by David Justice, who died after a nearly two-year battle with glioblastoma, Jet, Joyful Experience Team, was founded by his son Oliver Justice and his best friends, River Attard, Leo Gerstein, Jack Gorenstein, and Felix Ward. Jet seeks to create joyful experiences for families struggling with brain cancer, a chance to enhance their lives with experiences that are rich in love and will be treasured for all time. We believe, like David did, that life should not be measured in time, but in joyful moments. Jet will allow families coping with this painful diagnosis to go to special events and be treated like VIPs. Go to makingheadway.org forward slash Jet for a complete list of programs and activities. You ever wonder what mediums do with their free time? How about a 30-something-year-old gay medium living in New York City? Well, in this podcast, you're about to find out. Welcome to Ghost Daddy, a place where LGBTQ plus spiritual people and our cis-hetero allies, of course, have a place to just be themselves and spread their wisdom. This is the new face of spirituality. None of that love and light, toxic positivity crap. So pour yourself a vodka soda, <laughs> open up your mind, and start listening. You can listen to the Ghost Daddy podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts. tell people what chakras are because i know some people might know but i bet there's some listeners i wouldn't have known what that was when i started exploring this chakras are the energy centers of your body so you have a third eye you have a crown a third eye throat chakra heart chakra solar plex sacral and then root chakra and there's also like an earth star chakra and then a soul star chakra but also there's a bunch of little chakras as well so those like should be should be clear those should be illuminating properly so if you're not clear you'd probably need something like that like a a chakra healing or some type of healing but once i get in there I i can figure it out but i start with a just removing the dark energy from the person and now what the the dark energy usually is that dark energy is just like other people's energy that is attached to you. Like you're carrying their their stuff on you. So I'll remove that first uh, after the grounding. And I what I do is I um, I send that to the center of the earth to be transmuted. And I do that with a, like a grounding cord, which would be like an astral grounding cord that goes down to the center of the earth. And it's transmuted. From there, I have the person go. Oh, what I also do sometimes too is I use a. It's called a a sticky rose. So I'll use a red sticky rose, and I'll if there's any like residue of the dark energy, 
the dark energy will attach to the red sticky rose and I'll have the person like take it out into the sky, just blow the red sticky rose up. From there, we'll go into the earth and I'll have the person connect to earth energy through their feet. The earth energy will come up, wash off the bottoms of their feet, come up through the feet and go up the body, down, up the, hit, hit the hips, go back down to the earth. And then I'll connect to, connect the person to, they're really doing it. I'm instructing them and talking them through. I'll have them connect to the God source energy and that will come down the God source energy, whatever color they're seeing is correct. It's going to wash off the crown, come down, mix with the, uh, come down the back, mix with the earth energy to a new energy, then come up and clear the chakras. And then uh, eventually ends up coming out of the crown, removing any, anything that was like in the chakras. And uh, the remaining will go back down the grounding cord. Then I'll expand their, have them expand their aura and make their aura really strong. And that new clean energy will clean the aura. Then um, I'll have it come back down and come down the arms and out of the out of the hands as well. And then in between that, I will call in uh, archangels. So I'll call in Archangel Michael to cut any cords that don't serve the person, like any attachments to other people, anything that doesn't serve them. And then I'll call in Archangel Gabriel for an emotional healing, Archangel Raphael for like stress and physical anxiety, and then Archangel Uriel for another grounding. I may call in Jesus for peace. I may call in Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene. Uh, I work with Merlin as well. Bridget, I may call her in. Just the appropriate guides to that can help. You said you can tell what needs to be done. How can you tell us? Do you visually see this in people? Do you feel things? Mm, I can see it through my third eye. That's the first part of it. Then the second part, I do another clearing where I can see stuff. So I'll start at the crown and then I'll be looking through my third eye at anything that's in there. And sometimes there'll be like, there's all kinds of different things that you can see. Like one time I saw like, all these eyes, like they're all evil eyes, like attached to each other that I had to remove. And so you see it visually. Do you see it as clearly as I can see the screen right now in front of me? Or is it more like when you imagine? What does it even mean to see It's it? similar to imagination, but it's different. It's through the third eye. So it's like a, it's a psychic vision. But the closest thing you could define it is through imagination. That's like the, the beginning would say the beginning stage of it, but it's more like the astral travel. It's more like those types of visions. Just like if anyone had a dream, like about, if, and the dream came true, it's kind of that kind of vision, like the real dream. So very similar to that. If that's the best way I could describe it. And I have a question what the evil eye is. Is that people who intentionally would know to give someone the evil eye or is that more like a symbolic of having a bad interaction with a toxic person sometimes it could be um intentionally putting the evil eye on someone but sometimes it could be as simple as uh jealousy uh you're sending jealousy towards the person uh and that everything's energy so that jealousy or whatever it is that gets on the person's energy field or uh even like not wanting the person to succeed at something that gets on them that can affect the person and this usually not everyone's an expert at protecting their energy space like i do things daily to like all day to protect my energy field 
So most people don't do that. So that's why I can get on them and affect and affect them and stick to them. So from and and what happens, unfortunately, from there, the the person's energy field is is funky, right? So this negative energy also attracts negative entities and attachments. They'll, they'll, they'll come in from the astral and be like, oh, wow, this person's feeling anxiety. That gives me energy. I need that to eat because they eat the negative energy. That's how they survive. That's how they think they, ha- that's what they think they have to do. They think they need other people's energy. It, and then it can go right down to uh, worse than that, like uh, really negative, uh, the D word. I just call it the D word. I don't want to give anything power, you know, uh, if you can think of what the D word, word is, uh, D-E. D-E word. Okay. Not death. Um, what yeah. religious people would call the opposite of God, and you'd prefer not to use the word. That right. Word. It's not, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm not, I'm, uh, uh, like a, I'm just saying demon, like a demon. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I respect if you don't want to it could be. It could be that bad. It's unfortunate. Usually I'm removing entities, though, or attachments. And are beings like that, I'll respect and not say the word if you prefer, but um, that D word, are, are those discarnate consciousness that were once human like they could have been hitler or were they never human and the same with the loving ones all all and both all and both yep so any it could all be true sometimes it's uh i i usually uh with the entities i remove there and we're never human there's something else in a in in the astral realm so they were never Never here, but I would. I want to say most of what I see was never human. And so you said people attract a lot of those when they have bad feelings, like anxiety. It seems like such an unfair thing because if you have anxiety, what a time you would need good beings to come protect you. Yeah. So what what can we do about that? We all have anxiety. We all have really. I mean, life's hard. We have grief. We have loneliness get hurt by other people well the healings do help i i I get healings myself from other people so they certainly do help but if you know in everyday life what you one thing you can do is transmute or alchemize the uh the negative energy into into positive so if it's something that's coming at you like anxiety like something happens and you get like it makes you very anxious or you get a really negative feeling the one thing you can do is like really feel it just make sure you really feel it so you can release or transmute it and sometimes that stuff it all depends now sometimes that's just a messenger letting you know i need to tell you something so it's not always the dark isn't always bad either there's multiple things going on here <laughs> so sometimes it's just a messenger like oh you need to know about this so here it is and then you can let it go. But um, that's one thing they can do. Um, the other thing they can do is, uh, you know, just be very, use discernment, be picky on who you surround yourself with, what you let into your field as far as like what you're watching. I don't watch the news. I mean, personally, I, I don't I don't watch it because it's, it's for me, it's like not for me, you know? I may like tap in here and there, but then you shut it off. So I'm not saying telling people not to watch the news, but it's it's whatever it is. It could be a relationship. It could be the food that you eat. You know, it's, you want to have balance with all that stuff. I barely watch like horror movies, but I watched one the other night, you know, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I didn't feel right. I was a really scary one. So I was like, oh man, I was like, that kind of made me feel like, but you know, it's not like you don't do anything. It's like you have to have balance within these things. So that's something you can do. Um, focus on the positive. But 
at the same time, you don't want to be like overly toxically positive, like a fake positive, uh, because when that happens, like then the negative will come, will come get you, you know, come get you in the way like, oh, well, listen, you're not being realistic. We'll have to bring you back here, you know, because everything's energy. So, so the, so the dark isn't really always bad, like the dark and the light, the dark isn't always bad or the negative is the negative isn't always bad. I can see that when I think about toxic positivity. I want to feel bad if I'm around people or a situation that isn't good for me. No one wants to hurt themselves. Let's, I'm just talking about physical now, but I'm really glad that like if I put my hand on something hot, it's going to really hurt because I know to remove it. Like people who have no ability to feel bad, that's apparently a biological issue. And they end up in real, it's really dangerous. I always try to think of negative feelings as signals to change something. Exactly. Exactly. What happens with the way I think the way we're conditioned is we don't know how to use the the negative or use the dark for our, for our advantage when we get stuck in it through our thought system. I think I see that happen to a lot of people because I've, I've done it as well. And sometimes I still do it, you know, every once in a while. So I'm not perfect, but you know, that's, uh, it's using that negative to find out what it is that you need to let go of or what the message is, and then get back into the middle or more towards the, the po- a positive place. It's interesting. And I guess it's just practice too, for people who might not come in and get an entry healing, but to learn the difference with the exercises you gave could be really helpful. And how can someone tell a difference between a negative energy that's a signal and something they can do about and just like a stuck negative loop. They're really not going to be able to tell if it's a if it's an entity or um, they may have an inclination about an evil eye from people they've associated with or came across, but they're not going to know if they, they, they probably won't know. The average person won't know if they have an entity. If someone has that D word, they'll pro- they, they may know if things are happening, um, but I don't come, I don't come across that too much. Um, mostly, like I said, it's mostly entities and uh, attachments and what they call parasites and stuff that doesn't belong in your system. So you also mentioned you do tarot. Mm-hmm. How did you learn about that? Well, it's it's funny. I was doing a mediumship course. Uh, oh, by the way, yeah, I've kind of I kind of forgot to tell you this part of it. After I did the astral travel, I didn't do really do anything besides meditation. But I started to see people's auras for the next couple of years, and then um, I was I would see my own psychic that she would do cards, and she was really good. She was like very very good with energy. Still is like all that stuff. So um, she's like, I, she knew about the astral travel. And then we ended up talking and she's like, you have some sort of gift. I know you're empathic, but there's something else there. Let's find out what it is. Let's find out what your gift is. I was like, sure. So she gives me a, a meditation, like a two-week meditation with two different parts, meditating with crystals. And towards the end of the two weeks, my friend's father, who passed away, he ends up coming I'm meditating and he ends up coming right in and talking to me, communicating with me. So I'm like, hey, I used to call him Mr. Nick. I was like, hey, Mr. Nick, what's going on? And we're like talking, you know, I was like, oh, my God, he was right there. I was like, this is like amazing. So I was like, oh, my God, I was like, I can't wait to tell her about this. And so later in the day, I'm driving and um, I'm driving to, to Boston. Or I'm driving to Massachusetts, not Boston, somewhere in Massachusetts. And he comes in again, but not only him, my uncle's mother comes in and she's showing me rosary beads. They want to talk to me. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, everyone, please back off because I'm driving. And they backed off, you know, 
but I had to tell, I had to tell my psychic, you know, that I was, I, I would go to, and uh, she's like, you should really develop that skill. You should really develop that. So I ended up taking courses uh, in mediumship. And um, maybe six months later, while I'm taking the, uh, while I'm taking the mediumship courses, I was like, ah, I was like t- coming towards the end of the, uh, the mediumship courses. So, and I was starting to uh, do mediumship for my like friends for free and things and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, let me, they had a tarot course. So I was like, I'll take this tarot course. Yeah. The tarot came pretty, pretty natural to me. Do the cards just give you, like, how does it work? The cards give you hints. They're sort of serve as tools for you to put things together Mm -hmm. and process psychically or is it the people will somehow intuitively know what cards to pick that do apply the cards are a tool so any kind of uh they're all tools like tarot you know any kind of any kind of tool that a psychic will use um but tarot is a perfect perfect example and it tells the story of what you know the person wants to know but i also communicate with my guides at the same time so i'm channeling it i'm channeling my guides. So my guides will be close and I'll be asking them questions. And the way I do it, I don't know if anyone else does it like this, but I just, I let, they let me know when to stop shuffling and they'll say bottom of the deck, middle of the deck, top of the deck. So I just kind of listen to them. So yeah, the cards are just a tool of the, of the, uh, what they try, what they're trying to find out. I'll tell you the weirdest thing happened to me. I was doing a tarot party this Saturday night on Saturday and uh, the person sitting with me saw this too. I had one, I had like a card. I was using multiple cards. Like I was using Oracle cards and tarot cards and one pile. I put the pile down the card, the tarot card was, you know, you couldn't see what it was. It was turned over. Right. And I'm talking, I was like, what do you want to know? But I was like, what do you, what else do you want to know? And we're looking at each other and he's like, I want to know this. And I, tr- I looked, down and that same pile it was flipped upside down so i was like oh there's the message right there and i put i put it i i i showed him the card i was like that's the answer wait the card just flipped on its own you're saying yeah yeah and he saw it the other uh, he saw it too i didn't see it flip but it was flipped so strange things you do three things you said tarot i guess for psychic readings medium readings and just so everyone knows psychic is when you read a person's energy i know i've talked about this before in the podcast but this is your first time tuning in. Psychic is when you're reading a living person's energy. Medium is when you're communicating and connecting with someone's passed away. So you do psychic, medium, tarot, and healing. Those are the things you mm-hmm. do, right? Did I leave anything out? Nope, that's pretty much. That's that's. Uh, I do um, also teach uh, what they call kundalini yoga, but I do that one-on-one. So I only take so many clients, but I, I do that as well. So how do all four of these skills tie into each other? Do they feel very similar, different to you? They feel very, very similar. Yeah. Yep. They feel very, very similar. I'm very clairvoyant mostly. So it's all, most of my, my powers are through my third eye. All right. And even like when I'm communicating with my guides, sometimes I'll spell the, I can see the word. Like, it's almost like if you're watching a movie, you have subtitles. Like, I'll basically see subtitles. But sometimes, I'll, I mean, I'll hear stuff too, but it's mostly, I'm mostly clairvoyant. So that's that's my uh, my main skill. I'm going to ask you, what is the biggest, most evidential, weird, what the fuck experience you've had in all of this? Well, I, I'll tell you, I get a lot of it through tarot because, you know, I, I'm helping the person and they're like, you're right on point. How, you know, how would you ever know this? But through the mediumship readings... That's where I like, that's where I get my, the most, 
confirmation. We call those confirmations. And right from my like first one I did for one of my friends, she was like, how did you know that? Like you, I, then this one I was doing, I was doing it for free at this time. She's like, how did you know what my yard looked like when I was a kid? Like I could see the whole yard. I described it to her. I could see the yard and I knew she played with Barbie dolls. I knew where things were. So that was like huge confirmation. Um, another time, someone, uh, one of my clients, they, um, his mom had passed and his mom had said, look through the papers in the kitchen. There's a basket. So I'm like, is there a basket in the house? She showed me a basket and she showed me papers in the basket. And then sometimes I have to put it together. I was like, oh, I think she wants you to look through those papers. You probably look through them. And she's like, yes. So um, he ends up looking through the papers and finding an insurance policy that he didn't know about. <laughs> So that was awesome. I, I get them every time I do a mediumship reading. I get them. Stories like that still give me chills, even though I've been studying yeah. this for a few years now. Is there anything I haven't asked you that, or anything you want to share that you haven't had a chance to yet? No, I can't think of anything. I mean, I love, I just like uh, talking about this. I, it's, it's my life. So I'm just enjoying myself right now. This isn't even like, like work. It's just like, uh, I just love doing this. <laughs> oh, you know what? I should ask you this too, because I, how did you find who your guides were? Well, I was assigned uh, a guy, uh, one guide through my training. And then I have, I work with like a coach and they're a spiritual kind of team of people that some guides end up coming through for me. So then I would communicate with those guides. And the more you learn uh, about certain deities and guides, Sometimes they end up coming through and you can ask to work with certain guides as well. But the main guide I work with, he's been with me. Thinking back, I didn't know until hindsight from seeing him uh, through pictures and things like that, that he was with me, he came to me in a dream when I was very, very young. So um, he's been with me for a, for a while, but now I, I work with more you know, more guides, you know, um, guides. I, sometimes I, I call them spirit guides. Some are ascended masters. I call ascended masters. And some are uh, gods and goddesses as well that you would he would hear about, but they're only of the highest vibr vibration. And um, there's certain ones that I will work with, and there's certain ones I would definitely not work. With. Okay, so then I have one more question. So you said gods, goddesses, and guides, and ascended masters. Were they ever human? And, you know, and maybe they've had multiple multiple lives and have really evolved. Were they never human? Like, could we be guides or gods and goddesses one day? We could, yeah. We could be uh, Ascendant Masters. Most of the Ascendant Masters were human at, at one time. So that's why I like to work with them because they have, they understand the human experience. Where if you work with like some of the angels or archangels, they were never, they were never human. So they don't they have a different perspective. But they understand humans or they help I'm humans. sorry? They understand humans. But it's just a different perspective. You know, the ascended masters were mostly, um, most of them were human and they ascended like Jesus, Buddha, you know, um, there's, there's, there's so many, there's a, there's a bunch of them. All of us eventually become ascended masters? No, it's, I think it's like a, a path that you would want to take, you know, because what the way I understand ascended masters is they're, they're close by helping humanity. So they're close, you know, where they could go, they could go further and kind of just enjoy themselves. They don't have to help humanity. So no, it's, it would be a, a personal choice and a certain level of uh, spirituality that you'd have to reach to become a, an ascended master. 
Ready to embody that next level calm and confidence? It's time to activate that part of your subconscious. Get the self-paced 11-minute-a-day program by me, author of Confidence Introvert and Certified Subconscious Reprogrammer. Go to stephanietoma.com slash confidence boost. Use code WTF50 for $50 off. And now we're going to pause for a second for the question of the week. Chloe asks, what do I mean by an unintentional cold reading? She's heard me mention on this podcast that some mediums accidentally give just a cold reading, which is when someone gives a reading off of how someone looks or logical information based on reading their facial expressions as opposed to an actual psychic or medium reading. And the really good psychics and mediums don't do this overall. But it's when someone is getting information by normal means and they believe that they do have psychic medium abilities and believe that they are getting this information psychically or mediumistically. I'll give an example. So I once took a mediumship class just for fun. I don't have abilities. And I was paired with a woman who was probably about 60. And I was told to give her a psychic medium reading. And things came into my head, such as you've lost a grandmother. She loved to bake. You were close with her. Those are all very logical things to deduce. And I know that they were just coming into my head logically. And I was trying to do the assignment and give information. And I'm not a psychic medium. And I wasn't able to get information any other way. So now if I believed I had abilities, I might think I'm giving a psychic medium reading. Often when people think they have abilities, It'll be very general information, such as what I just said, that a 60-year-old has lost a grandmother. I think, although I'm not positive, I think all psychic mediums might get a tiny percent of information that way. Maybe like 2% of the information. They are humans, and they're reading a human, and maybe a small percent of the information some of them would still pick up that way, the way anyone else would, but they also are getting information from someone who's passed away that they really couldn't get off of looking at a person, such as someone's job who's passed or a favorite memory. So that's what I mean when I say giving an unintentional cold reading. If you have a question you want me to answer, send it to hello at WTF just happened.net and put question of the week in the subject. I know I usually say first names, but if you want to be completely anonymous, let me know and feel free to reach out anyway, even if you don't have a question. I can't wait to hear your questions and hear from you. Hi everyone. I'm so excited to share that my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife is available now for sale. If you go to wtfjusthappened.net, you can see the link to buy it. 
I'll also have the link in the podcast show notes. I know many of you want to know how exactly did I come to change my mind about the afterlife? Well, this book is all about the first stages of my exploration into this afterlife evidence to where I'm at today. It starts with the awful part of when I lost my dad, how as a science-minded atheist, I first began to explore if there was any possibility of an afterlife and what and who I found most compelling. I also share some stuff that was not so compelling, such as a very clearly fake psychic medium reading and a pretty ridiculous seance, but that's balanced by some amazing peer-reviewed studies on mediums, medium readings, parapsychologists, and just a whole bunch of what the fucks, including some really inexplicable personal things that happened to me, and some really incredible signs I got from my dad. Despite the topic, it's actually funny, mainly because I'm just like such an awkward person. And you also get to learn about all the amazing people and incredible characters I met along the way, as well as more about the research that helped change my mind. And some of the people you learn about have become some of my really good friends and mentors today. So go to WTFJustHappened.net and order it. If you've already read it, please rate and review on Amazon. I cannot tell you how helpful that is. And share with any friends who might be interested. Thank you all. I'm so excited to finally share the full details of this crazy exploration with all of you. I'll tell people where to find me. So again, my name is William Patrick. The best place to find me right now is, um, and message me is on Instagram at intuitivevisions401. I'm also on TikTok. Please follow me at intuitivevisions. And uh, I'm on Facebook, William Patrick. You'd have to put in Providence maybe to find me on there. And my website is intuitivevisions.org. And you can like look at all my services on there and look at my reviews and things like that. Okay. And I'll put all that in the show notes. And thank you so much. To get more information on what the fuck just happened, go to WTFJustHappened.net. There you can order my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife. And you can learn all about how I came to conclude that there most likely is an afterlife. You can also learn about the early stages of my grief and the amazing, fascinating people I met along the way. You can also read about how much I harassed them trying to get evidence, see if they were cheating, and see if they were sane. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It makes such a difference, especially for a new podcast like this one. And if any of you have had a crazy what the fuck yourself, have any questions, feedback, or just want to say hi, reach out on either Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore or email me at hello at WTF 
justhappened.net. And remember, you don't have to draw any final conclusions as you wonder what the fuck just happened.